This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by you. That's right. We left the athletics to become independent journalismists. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash breakaway. The BSBOT that comes out, our second episode of the week, will be going behind the paywall at patreon.com in the next few weeks here. Uh, I think this week will be our last episode. That's true. That's it. Then it's gone. It's gone. You can only get it on Patreon. And we do some uh, we do some Q&As on there. We do some articles. We do a lot of stuff. And if you love what we do here at Blue Shirts Breakaway, Greg and I, all the nonsense we provided you over the last 282 plus weeks of Ranger content, you can go to patreon.com slash Butcher Breakaway today and support us. We love you for it. All right, great show today. A lot of playoff stuff. Can the Rangers make it? I have no idea. We talk all of it. We, we even go through schedules. That's how nutty it is. Then we have uh, JB of Fangraphs that comes out. We talk about all New York sports. And uh, Artemi Panarin, just, just phenomenal. Doesn't get talked about enough. All right, here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. BSB, whoa, what? What's what day of the week is it, buddy? It's Monday. I was like, what? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Let's try this again. One more time. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm actually having a brain fart. I'm going to leave this all the way. Oh, no, Slack just went off. It's hitting everything right now. Yeah. Uh, hey, Bushwick Breakaway. Welcome to the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. All right, now that you've had your brain fart, I need to get right into it. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting right good. fucking into okay. it. Okay. But, no. God bless the Rangers. They're great. Wonderful. The Mets are fun. Fantastic. Okay. The Yankees suck ass. Oh, the Super League? The, the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh. No, we are getting right <laughs> into this right now. This this is some shit. It's brazen at this point. It, it is. is in your face, just blatant. It this started as a joke. It we for the most part we were joking. You know, but it's a good bit, it, right? It's, it's fun. Yeah, it's snowballing now to where it's a legit fucking thing. I want to see medical records on Steven Stamkos. I demand to know what is actually ailing. Also, don't person. come at me and be like, well, you're not a doctor. Yeah, but I have eyes. Like, I can see what's <laughs> happening in front of me. I'm not an idiot. Like, Yeah, it, they waited. So the, you have to be on the long-term 
IR for 10 games and 24 days. Mm-hmm. The Lightning, from the day they put Stamkos on IR, will take them to May 9th. They end the season on May 10th. Oh, my God. Safe to say Stamkos isn't going to play May 10th as he, quote-unquote, works himself back into game shape, end quote. We should have... We should have seen this coming, right? We should have seen this. Some of this is on us, because we. Should no, it's have not. They're cheating. No, some some of it some of it is right because we understood that Kucherov was going to come back for the playoffs. We, for some reason, didn't think the Lightning were going to pull some shit to get Kucherov a week of games in under his belt, so he's not completely rusty before the playoffs. We should have seen it coming. We didn't. We didn't. It's the worst. Flabbergasted. It, it, and I, you know what the saddest part is, Ryan? Me what the, the absolute part saddest part? Yes. I kind of agree with the Lightning. There shouldn't be a salary cap. There shouldn't. Did the, the Lightning come out cap, and say there shouldn't be a salary cap? Did they come, do they have to come out and say there shouldn't be a salary cap? No, they cap, don't. Ryan? I'm just curious what, if there was a quote. What are the Lightning doing that suggests to you they think there should be a salary <laughs> uh, cap? Nothing. They're circumventing it in every single way possible. And if I'm, a fan of the, if I'm a fan of the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm thrilled that my team is taking advantage of the situation and also wanting to spend money to win another cup. That's awesome. And that's great. But if I'm a fan of every other NHL team, as I'm getting this team that is likely going to win the cup again or at least have a strong chance to do it, is cheating. Like us, we should be very upset, and we are. The Tampa Bay St. Pete area, fucking city of cheats, by the way. You have the Tampa Bay Lightning here. The Rays? Are you talking about? Yeah, I am talking about the Rays. How the fuck is Michael Walker throwing six scoreless innings against the Yankees? Well, nine strikeouts, too. I mean, you know, it's really important. Number one Ranger podcast, by the way. We'll be right back. Yeah, there's a a lot going on. So... Uh, yes, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are cheating. Now they've got that out of the way. Uh, there is get that out of the way. I'm not getting anything out of the way. It's fucking it. It again. We talk about it. It's funny when we talk about it. The fans love it. It is not discussed in the NHL. No, the one Stamp thing goes, you said... goes on IR and it is just completely poo pooed. The one thing you said, if there was a player like in another league, like such say the NBA or you know, quarterback in. In the NFL, where well, the NFL money doesn't matter, right? Like they just buy somebody out. It doesn't matter how many years they have left or millions of dollars. But I guess in the NBA, if someone was just sitting out randomly to circumvent the cap, it would be one of the biggest stories of the year. And uh, they were allowed to sign other players to do this, just like when the cap accidentally went up and Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. It was one of the biggest story of the years, but that wasn't his fault. It was covered all the time. And the Warriors were gigantic. In this situation, they're circumventing and cheating every day, and nobody says anything. I didn't see one. Everyone was like, oh, good for, good for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ah, great, great. Awesome to see him play. Hate to see Stamkos get hurt. That's terrible. I didn't see one thing. Not one. No. It, imagine for a second if when the Nets wanted to trade for James Harden, they had to put Kevin Durant on injured reserve. And so the then playoffs. just before the playoffs. No, no, no. In the regular season. Yes. And then just before the playoffs, Harden gets quote-unquote hurt. And they put him on injured reserve. And Durant comes back coincidentally at the exact same time and Durant gets run before the playoffs. And then when the playoffs begin, there's no rules and both those players can play simultaneously. That's what the lightning are doing. If that happened in the NBA, we, you, you wouldn't be able to step out of your house without hearing about it. No, huge. Ridiculous. Uh, let's get to the Rangers. Shall we? Now that we're five I minutes guess, in, if we must, we must, because uh, not only are they fifth and goal differential in the entire NHL, they are, Point getters in the last 10 of 11 games. They have swept the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the weekend mm. games were not easy whatsoever, as the first two were last year. Last year, last week, which feels like last year. Last Tuesday and Thursday, when Igor had back to back shutouts, 
there was a lot of impressive performances. There was a lot of lackluster and taking your foot off the gas. But the Rangers have gained no points on the Boston Bruins, who continue to mm-hmm. win. And the Islanders, who also could be caught, potentially, uh, have also continued to win in these situations. Even it be in overtime in situations, they've continued to get points. The Rangers, in every other division, would be a playoff team. The team is yep. good. Seems like everything is clicking. Things are frustrating right now if you're a Ranger fan because, well, there's a lot going right. And boy, is there a lot going to happen this summer, Greg. I will tell you that. There is a lot on the table and a lot in the future for the New York Rangers. But this team right now, I know we've talked about this a lot. It's it's fun to get your hopes up. The crash is going to come. It's going to be sad. But you have a lot to look forward to, at least in the... It, you're not playing meaningless hockey. Would, would you say any of the future games are meaningless hockey, even if there is less than a 5% chance the Rangers make it? No, it. These are meaningful games with um, stakes tied to each of them. I just I want to bring bring up the point about you mentioning how the Rangers would be a playoff team in every other division. I I, I just want to hammer this point home again. Mike McCurdy is the guy we bring up a lot on this podcast because his visual visualization and projections when it comes to points and um, all that stuff, fantastic. Ineffective math. Is that it. correct? Yes. Okay. Can't can't recommend it enough. He projects the New York Rangers to finish with 63.6 points this year. So a 64-point season. Uh, Currently, the line for making the playoffs in the North Division, 58.6. The West Division, 57.5. The Central, 60.4. The New York Rangers in the East, 67.5. This season, essentially, has gone how we would expect it to go in terms of the top four. I don't think either of us thought the Flyers would be as god-awful as they are. Not complaining. Not complaining. Just, just look, uh, just happily on looking. That's all. The Rangers are going to comfortably surpass the playoff threshold for every other division and not get in themselves. That's just bad luck. There's, there's nothing the Rangers can do. That it, 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 it's truly incredible. It, it, the Buffalo Sabers are one of the worst teams ever assembled. The New Jersey Devils gave up, and the Philadelphia Flyers are terrible. And every team in this division is taking advantage of those teams. So it, it's. It, it it stinks. I will say, while I am still a I don't think the Rangers will make the playoffs guy, that is my official stance. It hasn't changed. We've been that way since when, day one. I think it's important to say that. Yes, but I also didn't think the Rangers would be playing meaningful hockey games this deep into the season. And listen, guys, I again, I, I, I don't think it's fair to say the Rangers are only four points back of the Bruins. The Bruins still have two games in hand on the Rangers. Yep. I personally, the way I operate, I consider those games wins. So in my mind, the Rangers are eight points back of the Bruins. It's just how I visualize the standings. Of a Bruins team that continues to be just tremendous. They've won four straight. They've won four straight. The Rangers have also won four straight. It's it's truly, it it sucks. There's no other way to describe it. But um, seeing the Rangers' upcoming schedule, it's impossible not to think that they have a chance. They have the Islanders, two against the Flyers, two against the Sabres, and then the Islanders again. So technically, the Rangers, I hate when announcers say this, but the Rangers, in a way, control their own destiny because you have to beat the Sabres. have to beat the Sabres. You have to get four points in those games. You have to beat the Flyers. You have to get four points in those games. And then you have to win at least one of these games against the Islanders. And then maybe you have a chance. The thing that sucks for the Rangers is they're in a position where it's great that they're not losing, but they can't afford to lose. 
And uh, so it's they can't. It's unreasonable. They legitimately need to almost go maybe one loss the rest of the season. Like legitimately. If no other team in the East has, has given the Rangers any help of the past couple of days, none, zero, yeah. zilch. The Capitals could have beat the Bruins, did not happen. The, the Islanders could have lost. They never lost in OT. They brought everyone to OT. Uh, Sorokin had a shutout, like a 34-shot uh, shutout. It's just, that's the way it is. It's not working. No one's helping I, I watched, right now. I watched Islanders Flyers last did night. Did you? The Flyers just look hapless, man. They, they look, yeah, I, I might have had money on the Islanders. <laughs> just, I tried or may to not put have... the stink on them, man. I really yeah. did. Like, I, I, I understand what I'm I appreciate about, your service. I understand my life. I tried to, I tried to put the stink on them. It didn't work because the Flyers are just... Yeah, they're awful. There is it's... there is a path here where the Rangers beat the Islanders. Like, listen, the Islanders are a good team, okay? No matter what you say about them and the post-trade deadline, whatever you want to say, where they haven't gotten a regulation win since the trade deadline, okay. Yeah, but they're still they're still fucking winning. Like, they're still winning. This is yeah. This I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but I love doing it so much. You do. I'm do it. It's true. It's what uh, we're it's, here for. <laughs> great teams find ways to win when they're struggling, and the Islanders are struggling. What was what was the stat they've scored? 11 goals in their past six games. Yeah, I think it was I think it was actually something. nine goals. Six, nine. Nice. On 420. Wow. Congratulations. Hey, here we are. Oh, yeah, it's 419. Don't, let, let's on the, not, on let's the not, record, when people are listening, let's it's Let's not pop it early here, Okay, buddy. all right. Uh, but it, this the, the hallmark of a great team is getting wins when you don't really deserve them. That 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 is, to me, what separates great teams from average teams. Average teams lose games they're supposed to win occasionally and win games they're supposed to lose. But great teams just win games when they're supposed to lose constantly. And that's what the Islanders are doing. So here's... I don't mean to be an Islander fluffer, mm-hmm. but Squirtle's a great head coach. Yeah, he is a great head coach. The, the, the entire fucking lineup, there's not a hole in this lineup. It's, it, it, you know, it, it's shitty. But so if the Rangers, the Rangers can't afford to lose in regulation. That's really what it comes down to. Yes, ex- that's exactly it. So let me give you the, what we used to call when I played professional card games magical the magical christmas land situation that's like when you you have the did you say professional card i used to play professional trading card games you know that magic the gathering stuff i do know that i just yeah it it, i just want to make sure you're saying it out loud for everyone yeah yeah when i played professional trading card games like magic the gathering when you have the nuts it's called magic it's called magical christmas land that's what it's called the nuts is when you have the best cards or the best lineup possible there you go yeah, the nuts, if, nuts is, by the way, is also a poker term. Yes. If you wanted to sound cool, you could have said poker. I know you, what I'm you, doing. <laughs> okay. I, I, know, I, I know, I know, I know. I uh, if the Rangers beat the Islanders all three times, again, magical Christmas yeah. land. Right now, as it currently stands, both teams have played 45 games. The mm-hmm. Islanders are up legitimately eight points as to the, mm-hmm. the Bruins' fake points, eight points. That would put the Islanders two points, uh, the Rangers two points back of the Islanders in this specific situation. The Rangers would have to pretty much win out and hope the Islanders can lose. Uh, if, if they do beat the Islanders those three times, I hope the Islanders lose one or two more games. And I do not know who has the tie break, and that's my apologies. But that's the scenario. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go one step further. I'm going to pull up the Islanders' remaining schedule for you. And Please we do. Can, we can, go, we can I, dog, I, we I dog about, and mic it. Oh, dog. Um, I don't know, Mike. Well, the Sabres, the Sabres <laughs> and the Bruins play so much to end the season that it's just impossible to think that the Bruins are the actual it, target. It, to me, it, to me, it's already the Islanders, as crazy as that sounds. It really no, is. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, are you ready for their final schedule? I'm ready. I'm scared, to be honest with you. Uh, we played Rangers-Islanders tomorrow night, yes, Tuesday, sir. as you're listening to this. Uh, Thursday and Saturday, home games against the Capitals. That's... Then they go on... Okay. They have three three straight games against the Capitals. Now it's they important end to say that this. Stretch in DC. It's important to say this before you go, before you move on here. 
The only time they're I think they have one regulation loss at home this year, the Islanders. One. Yes. They're they're crazy good at home, man. They protect the barn. Blur. Um <laughs> Okay. Yeah, they haven't lost at home in the month of April, just to drive it home. Clarify cool. that for you. Not not even not even in overtime. They have not lost. Oh, I take that back. They lost once at home to the New York Rangers four to one. There you go. Um one time. There you go. So Rangers. Capitals, Capitals, all at home. And then it's Capitals on the road, Rangers on the road on the 29th to mm-hmm. end the month of April. Rangers at uh, the Coliseum. Yes, May 1st. On Saturday the 1st. Back-to-back in Buffalo, May 3rd and 4th. A back-to-back, well, not a back-to-back, a day off in between, but two home games against the Devils. And okay. then they end the season at Boston. So it's it's going to come down to that first week in may it's where it, they have four games against the sabers and the devils and they have to lose two of those four games and it's also going to come down to this you're going to be root, you have to root for the capitals if you're a ranger fan this weekend big time big time but the capitals the capitals need to take two of three from the the only chance the rangers have it, it almost doesn't matter what the rangers do tomorrow the the rangers win it great but it doesn't help the the capitals need to take two of three from the islanders yes. i don't see any scenario where the ranger and i'm not just saying two the Islanders need to lose in regulation. The Islanders need to stop getting points. Right. All points. They can't go to overtime here. That's the that's yeah. a nightmare situation for the Rangers. No overtime Not only games. The Rangers can't afford to lose in regulation, and the Rangers can't afford the Islanders to take games to overtime. All right. That, so that, this, is, this is just the world we live in. So this is – since we did the Islanders schedule, we'll do the Rangers one too because we'll be super boring podcasting. Here we go. Here's what I think you need to do to, to make the playoffs. Uh Islanders today, as you're listening, need to win that. Flyers. That's must win. Flyers Thursday, Friday, back to back with probably Georgiev starting one of them. Got to win both. You have to. Well, you have to take three of four points. If you lose one, it has to be in overtime. That's correct. Uh, then you go. You you play Sabers Sunday and Tuesday with a day off in between. Got to win both. Can't afford to drop any points against the Sabers. You need all four points. Islanders April 29th and the May May 1st, as we talked about. Got to win both. Uh, again, I. The Rangers are in the position where, well, against the Islanders, they can't even lose in overtime. They have to. They have to win both. This is why I'm saying this. So this brings us to the last four games, which I think you can split and go two-two, which is uh, Capitals, Capitals on May third, May fifth, and then Bruins, Bruins on May sixth, May eighth. I think you can go two-two there. Your hope is there. I think your hope, your hope is that the Capitals have locked it up, and they are winding it down Mm -hmm. a little bit in those two games where the capitals maybe maybe they're playing more cautious the the worst case scenario the thing that also sucks with the rangers is the fact that the rangers are in fifth and they keep winning it's not providing anybody ahead of the rangers to take their foot off the pedal not the capitals aren't even a far enough ahead for them to say we can afford to ease back a little bit here because even if the the capitals if they finish Number one, they they want whoever finishes fourth. They have reason to want to be the number one seed. So they're not going to take their foot off the brakes at any point, which it, it's going to benefit the Rangers in this three-game series the Capitals have going against the Islanders because those are going to feel like must-win games for the Capitals. But here's the thing. If, if somehow the Islanders take two of three against the Capitals, you're now trying to have this conversation about the Capitals being the team that the Rangers – need to chase down like we haven't right. really thought about the penguins as the team that the rangers need to chase down but i think that's for good reason i'm gonna pull up 
we're just gonna we're just gonna look at schedules. we're just this is the the playoff hope edition podcast it'll probably all be ruined by, by when you listen after the islander game tonight but it's 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 alive and well right now i think the draft pick you're gonna get isn't really gonna get any better if you lose out whatever what, what you're gonna play pick 14th to 16th no matter what i think we pick 16th right now because the, 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 the penguins is three three home games against the devils cool i don't there's but they did. They did just lose to the Sabers. So well, and listen, the Devils. We didn't really talk about the series at all, but they fought back in both those games. Even though the Rangers, I feel like, took their foot off the gas the entire team. Both the both the, days. The Penguins. The Penguins have five home games remaining against the Devils and the Sabers, oh and their God. last week of the season goes Flyers, Flyers, Sabers, Sabers. Okay, cool. So, so let's not talk so about. It's not. Catching, it's not the Penguins. Yeah, let's not worry about catching the Penguins. It's really the Islanders or nobody else. And I know. I know everyone's focused on the Bruins. I just don't see the Bruins slowing down. I think they're no. too talented. And, they're too strong, and the Islanders are struggling and, and, offensively right now. And maybe you can catch them in some way. And again, you have the opportunity to make ground up on the Islanders yourself by just you have three games against them. Beat them. If you beat them those three times, you then you're game back. are serving as your biggest ally. Exactly. Um, you beat the Islanders three times, you're a game back. And there will be nothing greater to hold over Islander, Islander fans' hands, heads and hands if you ended up taking them out of the playoffs in a year where they're in first place in the best division in hockey for many weeks. It's so crazy to think about one of these five teams is not going to make the playoffs. And they are... If, if this was a normal season, all five of these teams would be in the playoffs. It, oh, yeah. it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be close. And it also, it, you know, hate to be the guy that begs the question, but it does beg the question. Rangers got off to a real shitty start this year. If story of the season right here, Greg, 13, one goal games, 13. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, but it's not just that it, you know, Mika Zibanejad, COVID kicked his ass. I don't think there's any denying that it, it, it nope. the proof is in the pudding there. He's been a different player in the second half. I don't half know if you've heard season. about Vladimir Putin. He he played a part in uh, this Ranger season. He sure did. He sure did. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about a guy named Jack Johnson. He existed for a little bit. Oh, he did play. Uh, I, forgot, I forgot about him. There, uh, another defenseman, too. I can't remember who he was. He was also on this team at some point. But you also you also think about the games that Georgiev just botched completely. The breakaways. Yep. I, as a Met fan, I am so used and trained to go through the, well, if they did these three things different in these three games, that's six points right there, blah, blah. You can talk yourself crazy thinking about that. It was a wonky season where wonky things happened, and you're kind of left with this pudding. I, I just – I am so encouraged by what this team has done over the last month that even if they missed – again, I'm not here to tell people that there should be moral victories. They don't exist in sports. I totally understand. But what this team has accomplished, the way they've won games, the way key players have stepped up, the way the children have stepped up, I don't think you can walk away from this season discouraged any way, shape, or form, especially considering the Rangers' greatest weaknesses, their third-pairing left-handed defenseman, Zach Jones has signed, their third-pairing right-handed defenseman, Niels Lundqvist, is hand, hanging right there. If you want to add center depth, you have all the pieces in the world that you can trade. You have a proven, a now proven, the clock ain't ticking anymore. We've reached midnight. Igor's proven. He's got nothing left to show. This is the guy that can carry a team mm-hmm. when you need him to carry a team. Every The New York Rangers are primed to be a just shithouse for the next five seasons. And it's great to see. I am so pleased with the performances of the young kids. I'm so pleased. You know what, Ryan? 
I'm fucking pleased with David Quinn. Me too. The guy's learning some it. fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. It's listen. He got some shit. Ten, 10 games. You got points. It's the the team's going. I don't know what you want. Like I said this today. The culture is real for David Quinn. The New York Ranger culture is real. You can clearly see in all these videos they post that these people are very happy to be here, and that matters. And not only that, they're performing. They are. It's hard to deny it. They're winning. What else do you want them to do? It's, it's hard to win that. His, your job as a coach becomes so much easier when you don't have a bad decision at your disposal, right? Like, we're, you can get angry about whether Colin Blackwell should be playing over Kravtsov right By the way, now. Colin Blackwell keeps putting up tons of points. Just like, exactly. Shout out so, to like, like you're, you're, I understand the complaints that are coming from that, but it's not like he's making it, – it's not like he, the decision he's making is hurting the team. He doesn't have the opportunity to make bad decisions right now. If people want to get angry that Brett Howden is still in the lineup over Julian Goche, sure. I honestly don't care. Like, I, I, first of all, Brett Howden. Brett Howden and Kravstov, buddy cop movie. <laughs> That's nice. right. Brett Howden. Vitaly Kravstov understands the importance of trade value. Congratulations. Uh, his, uh, by the way, that's such a good trivia question. Who was Vitaly Kravtsov's first assist? Or what, who assisted his first goal? Brett Howden, the man rocket? Wow, he can get it. And he did. Also, he got that pass. I, 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 didn't mention, I didn't mention this on Gambling with Greg this week, but – can I just say, Ryan? Yes. On Fuck Patreon. Lindy Ruff. Yes. Fuck <laughs> yes. We're not, we're not with the athletic anymore. I can get fucking obscene with this. Fuck that man. Straight to fucking hell. That piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> for all I care. He fucking knew. He fucking Could've, knew that I, I had believe money on Krebs. Oh, shit. I said he, it too. Uh, well, can't do it now, buddy. Uh, he knew I had money. Plus 290 on Krebs off to score his first goal. It's a 4 nothing game. The fuck are you challenging for? It's what ridiculous. You, what, what did you accomplish, big tough boy? What? 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 And people and then, are like, oh, he was offsides. Like, really? That's what we're doing right now? Ryan. <laughs> and then the audacity, <laughs> the audacity for Lindy Ruff to be fucking upset yeah. that fucking Nick Bastian tried to put Ryan Lindgren six feet under. Oh, my God. And he's Disgusting. like, oh, it's not a penalty. What? He almost broke Bro. his legs. Get out of here. Bro. Remember early in the season when we're like, man, gotta gotta hand it to Lindy Ruff. He's making the Devils play well. Yeah, nice. This season has gone exactly how I expected this season to go for Lindy Ruff's New Jersey. Well, Devils. yeah, the whole season the, could be um, exemplified through Jack uses gigantic tantrum where he threw. Oh the stick yeah, all over whiny, the place. Whiny, whiny little bitch boy. Yep. Next episode of Bitch or No Bitch. I'm excited to talk Jack Hughes. Man, we're um, back, huh? <laughs> we're back, baby. We are back. It's back. People uh, are gonna be like, what is this? I've been listening what to one on the athletic for two years. Like, what happened? Have they always had this in them? And what? In the They've always been this assholes? Yeah. That's best true. best three things to happen for this season. The way the Rangers have played the last month to six weeks, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Elaine Vigneault taking a shit. Oh, the phenomenal. Best. Lindy Ruff, phenomenal. All of it. Chef's kiss. Couldn't have asked for a better script this season. I hope the Rangers make the playoffs. I really do. But I it, that twelve percent chance that Micah has the Rangers at is real. Because the four teams ahead of them, it's unfair. Mm-hmm. It really is. We called this division the pit of misery in the offseason. It is a pit of misery. I'm so happy that the reason the Rangers aren't going to make the playoffs is because there are too many good teams as opposed to the Rangers not playing up to the challenge. They've met the challenge. They've answered the bell. It's here. If they don't get there, it's not on them. We have a guest. I really don't think I can blame them. We have a guest coming on in just a second here, but my last parting thought for this segment here is – there is a lot going on with New York Rangers, and I talked about this a little bit on Twitter today, and I won't get into details with it, but there are a, there is a lot going on in the background 
of the team right now. They're going to scout a million different possibilities. It could be the expansion draft. It could be a million trades. It could be Eichel. It could be something else. But this summer, last summer was boring if you were a New York Ranger fan for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the pandemic happened, but there wasn't really an offseason either for the Are Rangers. Are you saying the Pokemon episode didn't do it for people? It did well. It was a good one. Uh, but uh, there is a lot in play. And be prepared for anything, truly. Anything. There should, there might be some things that happen that truly surprise you as a Ranger fan. No, Artemi's not getting moved or Kaka or Lafreniere. But there might be some other stuff that happens where you're like, holy shit, really? And that's what you have to pay attention to. So let's see what we can find out the next couple of weeks here. And let's go to our guest real quick. Uh, let's transition over right now. Transition. Hey, we're back with our guest for the day. We have Jeffrey, Bal- Jeffrey, oh my God, Jeffrey Ballone of Mets Fix and Nick's Film School. <laughs> I just butchered it, even though I just asked you how to pronounce it right after. How are you today, Jeffrey? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks. And you can butcher it, whatever. Uh, JB is an easy way to say it. So how's it going? We'll stick with JB. Thanks for joining us. You co-founded Mets Fix and Nick's, uh, Nick's Film School. Have you ever seen a Rangers film school? And uh, and what should I do to start it? <laughs> it's funny. I was actually thinking about for hockey, you know, it, it would be fun to do. The camera angles are tough because um, you can't see the whole play, you know, unfold. I know mm-hmm. with football, they came out with the the all 22 video yep and if they did that for hockey where you could see like the the whole ice i I think it would be really cool to do but i haven't i haven't seen it out there yet there are a couple like private stat places that will cut the film so you're like certain shifts for players but again it's the same angle it's the same you can only see so much of the ice they won't zoom in on a player or anything but i think if there was some sort of all 22 overview ice of the NHL, I, I think that would be a tremendous resource. But as you might know, the NHL a little bit behind in the times uh, comparatively to the NBA or the NFL. <laughs> yes. It's an old boys club. Uh, well, tell us about exactly what's going on at, at the fan these days. There's a lot of great stuff going on in New York sports. As you know, the nets are great. The Knicks are the best they've been since Carmelo Anthony better the Rangers and, and Islanders are ripping it up. And obviously, the talk of the town right now is that the Yankees kind of stink while the Mets uh, continue to make their uh, Steve Cohen debut of greatness. I don't know how you want to provide this <laughs> at point. What's the most surprising thing for you right now in New York sports? Surprising thing, I think, has to be the Knicks. I mean, um, you know, through Knicks Film School, you know, a lot of diehard Knicks fans who will always see the, the greener side um follow me and i don't even think the most diehard fan thought they would be as good as they've been this year um i think the hope was some of the young players would get better maybe they'd surprise you know with with a couple surprising like individual wins but to be where they are now where you're looking you know like the playoffs feel like that that's really going to happen and you could actually get you know not just a bottom seed um i think that's got to be a biggest surprise and um you know, to me, the Yankees is the biggest overreaction, but maybe we can get to that uh, next. <laughs> sure, we will. <laughs> well, before before we get to that, I just I want to circle back on the Knicks because I vividly remember opening night of the NBA season this year, sharing the starting lineup with friends, and everyone kind of asking the same question, which was, why is Julius Randle still starting in this lineup? Has there, in your mindset, has there ever been more a bigger single season transformation for a player? Knicks, Rangers, Mets, whoever, than what Julius Randle has been able to do this year. Yeah, no, I mean, he was literally the player that, you know, you, every fan base has like the smart Twitter, I call it, where it's like the people you follow that, you know, like look at all the advanced stats and all that. 
And it's like Randall wasn't even getting picked on by just like the casual fan. It was even like the smarter people who did not <laughs> did not like how he fit on this team. Um, everyone was wrong. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm trying to think who would be, geez, that's a good question. Who would be the other person? I can't think of someone off the top of my head that's had this drastic of a turn within one year. Greg, do you have a Mets answer? Because I feel like you do. Uh, the only one I can think of is people forget how underwhelming Carlos Beltran's 2005 was. And then that's in 2006, true. he finished, what, he finished third in MVP voting? I think right. second in MVP voting, but I, Beltron, it, it's hard to say it's him because he was such a star before he came to the Mets that it, it felt like an inevitability. And his 20, 2005 was so such a blip on the radar compared to his other seasons. I honestly don't know someone, it, someone high priced like Randall that's come in and has become an, a legitimate MVP caliber performer when everybody, he, there were people who thought he was good, but it like, I can't think of someone that the fan base was 50-50 about when they signed him, had a bad year one, and then became a star in year two. I, it, I, I think he's a unicorn in that regards. Yeah, no, absolutely. What is Julius Randle? Because I'm kind of a casual Knicks fan, right? I follow the NBA as a whole. I follow, you know, I know I, I pretty much know the ongoings, but where does he land in like the superstardom kind of pyramid right now if for people who aren't just you know, obsessed over the Knicks, even though they want to get back into it because they're actually winning for the first time in a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean, he he fits into, statistically, you can start to make a case for this season, um, you know, that that he he's very high up the list in terms of players' performance. But, you know, he's still not a player that you are going to build a franchise around. Um, he's still not, you know, a LeBron yeah. that type of level. Like, you know, we're not going crazy here. I mean, NBA different, you know, much different than hockey. Uh, definitely baseball. You know, you think of Mike Trout, you know, on the Angels the and they haven't won anything. Um, you know, we know in hockey, Connor McDavid, you know, or, or with the Oilers. So, I mean, in basketball, if you have the best player, you're going to be a good team, right? So mm -hmm. Randall has made the Knicks better, but he's not the type where now they're going to be like a championship contender because they have them. Um, so yeah, to put him in a place, it's, he is an all-star player on a good team. And the reason I'm saying good team now is because you can be a really good player that accumulates a lot of stats in basketball on a bad team, and that doesn't really mean a lot. The fact that Randall is doing it while winning, I think is what pushes him up a level than, than what he was even in his best self before. Would you say that's like kind of similar to like Zach Levine this year? Even though the Bulls aren't exactly winning right now, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I'm not as big a Zach Levine fan, so that's why I was positive. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're alone in that, um, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's a tough comparable right now, just just the, the type of game he plays. I mean, because the things he's doing, like he's not just scoring, but I mean, he's also rebounding and uh, playmaking. Like he's literally putting up the type of stats you would expect from a LeBron or a top five player and the fact that he's doing a little bit of everything. So that's why it's hard. It's hard to really come up with a comparison with this strange way he's morphed uh, this season. You know, it, it's, it's really an odd thing. Jeff, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today's show is to talk specifically about um, New York sports fandom and their obsession with the head coach. And I, I think to me, you're a perfect person to talk to. Because we're living in a time where uh, 
the Ranger fan base is split on David Quinn down the middle. It's Hatfield and McCoy's. Regard, whichever side you're on, you want to kill the other side. But we live in a time where it took less. It didn't. The Mets didn't even throw a pitch before fans wanted to fire Luis Rojas. Um, Yankee fans are questioning everything they've ever understood about Aaron Boone. And regardless of how well the Knicks are playing this year, I've seen plenty of complaints about Tom Thibodeau and Alfred Payton and whether this is a relationship that works. I've lived other places in this country where managers have leashes. What is it about (laughs) New York sports where it's just immediate? It has to be either perfection or canned and nothing in between. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess it's probably the amount of coverage, right? I mean, it even goes, to me, it all it all starts, like I always say, before Twitter, it was sports talk radio. That was our Twitter, right? Yep. So if you grew up in New York listening to WFAN, you know, the way you sort of learn to analyze the game in many ways was to double guess the decisions made by coaches and managers, because it's an easy talking point, right? It's like, oh, well, they changed the lineup. So let's talk at nauseum about how, you know, this guy's batting second when he should be batting fifth or, um, you know, whatever it is in football, any sport, you can have that Monday morning quarterback. And I think because of that, it sort of has set this um, way of looking at things. It's easier to analyze that from the casual fan to the most obsessed fan than it is to break down like the nuance of actually what's happening on the field. Um, or to ice. So I think that's kind of where it comes from, where in other cities, you didn't have, you didn't have as long a history of that. Um, you don't have multiple tabloids where, you know, to me, it's funny, people don't realize it. Like the big difference in New York, when you say like the tabloid papers, the, the guy's face is literally on, on the cover of the paper when, when he makes a bad decision, right? So, you know, Aaron Boone, if he's in trouble, or we all remember with Joe Torrey, right? Like, Clueless Joe was the headline in the New York Post, and you are on the cover on every corner in the biggest city in the country, in the world. <laughs> that creates a different, a whole different thing than, you know, normal cities where, you know, the sports page is like the C section, and you have to maybe even turn over to fold to read a, an editorial uh, piece. So I think that's where it kind of comes from. Um, but you're right. It, it is interesting how no matter what, you know, and I always joke about this with my dad because every move any manager of the Mets, because he's a big Mets fan, makes is wrong. And it's like, well, if if they made all these right moves, how many games would they have won? They would have won like 130 games based on your, uh, you know, saying that everything they did was wrong. But, um, but yeah, I think that's where it comes from, more than the way this market is. It's it's not. I think you're onto something there when it comes to well, every move they made was wrong. Following New York sports has opened my eyes to the we don't ever appreciate what we have situation either. We're kind of spoiled as fans, and I don't know if that comes from a lot of people being Yankee fans early on in their lives like me. And then I, I renounced my Yankee fandom. Thank you, everybody. Really brave of me. Uh, Gregory has suffered through a lot of Mets, uh, but has seen a lot of winning around him in in the city. And then a ton of disaster. I mean, the Giants won, but other than that, mostly disasters everywhere else. The credit doesn't, like, when things are good, you don't ever see a coach get legitimate credit. The only coach I can really think of that's renowned is one that you just mentioned, is Joe Torre, who definitely uh, has gotten raked through the flames and was said to be over the hill, and they also sent him out to L.A. at some point. Uh, He didn't even coach the Yankees through his entire tenure into retirement. 
why is it that we don't appreciate when things are good either? Or when someone makes the right move, we can't even give them the credit for like, oh, well, that actually worked. And they're like, well, just because it worked doesn't mean it was right. <laughs> even if it works, yeah, 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 you get yeah. you get the gambler's fallacy like, oh, well, you did that move. It still worked. Doesn't mean it was right. You know, when are we going to be happy is my question. Well, the, the ironic part is, you know, we're talking New York. I mean, the Dodgers with Dave Roberts, I mean, that fan base oh my God. cannot stand Dave Roberts. And it's funny, like, this is an organization that they've won eight straight division titles. They just won the World Series. They're win In the years they didn't win the World Series, they were winning 100 games. I understand Dave Roberts has made a lot of questionable in-game decisions, especially in, in, in big games. So it really sticks out. But I guess it, it does come back to, like I said, it's like, well, how many games were they supposed to win if they had the perfect manager? 120 instead of 105? Like, that, that's why I, I think sometimes we just overreact to it. I think a really great, it depends on the sport. I think in football, it matters more than, than others. But I think a really great manager, especially nowadays where we have the front office with having a lot of input, a really great manager versus a terrible one, there might be some difference there, but I think a lot of them are in the middle and it's not as much as fans think that, that it actually makes a difference. I guess in, in that regard, uh, I, I know you're not as big in the Rangers as you used to because you got a lot of stuff going on, but if you had to rank the New York City managers and coaches right now, <laughs> Who's who's the top three? Is Thibodeau number one? Is anyone above? Yeah, Thibodeau? I think I think it's funny because then you know you just were asking the question of do do these guys ever get credit? And now I'm thinking, in terms of the ranking, who has outperformed? You know their expectations. Like, isn't that usually how it works? Like coaches of the year. It's a, it's a lot of times this team was supposed to be bad. They were good, and that's the guy that, that gets the coach. Yeah, it should have been popped um, like 90 years in a row, and it wasn't. So there you go. Right, right, just because they, they were expected to be good after a while. So I think Tibbs, for that reason, though, because the Knicks, it's so drastic. They haven't won in so long. They've been one of the worst teams in the league. If they had finished the worst team in the league this year, no one would have been that surprised. I think he's got to be number one. Um, I mean, the baseball, it's really too early to say, right? I mean – um, I've never liked Boone, I, and I don't know what it is. Like, I don't have anything nice to say about him. I'm not like I'm not like I said. I'm not a Yankee fan, but I I just never enjoyed his managerial style. I guess I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking just generally, well, what about that? I mean, that's a good question. Boone or Rojas? Um, to me, they're both kind of blah. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a I'm a big Rojas supporter because I lived in Savannah when he was the manager of the Sand Nets. And I was actually working as um, the official game scorer some nights for them. So there were okay. nights where I'd go into the, to the clubhouse and would get just chewed apart by Luis Rojas because I credited someone with an error when it should have been a hit and so on and so forth. So I, I have a warm spot for Rojas and can't answer this question uh, evenly. I think the best coach. Well, I mean, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say to that point, one thing I do like about Rojas is, you know, he definitely – he understands the nuance, I think, better than some of these other managers where he will get into the reasoning, um, which I which I do like. Um, where Boone, I, I think sometimes well, we that, feel like it's when more... You're, when your dad's Felipe Alou, you have to get into the nuance, right? Yeah, like, yeah exactly, that, exactly. That's called dinner in the Alou household. <laughs> right, right. 
one of the, the one of the best coaches I think already that hasn't even coached a game yet is what is his, his full name? Uh, Gregory here, Robert, Robert Salah. Salah. Yeah, I, I only the only I only read great things about him. I'm sure that will wear off very quickly when you coach the Jets, but. Uh, the top three coaches, at least in my mind, uh, ha- definitely have to be Thibodeau, as you mentioned. Uh, Salah, Salah is probably number three, and then Barry Trotz of the Islanders is definitely number two. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we, that's we right. just assume that we don't count the Nets, right? Does anybody ever count the fucking Nets? <laughs> no, why would I count like, Steve Nash? Like, he wakes up and then he has no. <laughs> all the talent on the yeah, world. He's got in his an team. all-star team. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. I wish I could give Steve yeah, Nash no, credit. I love Steve Nash. I just, it's really hard. I'm sure he's great. Yeah, Trot, Trotz, I mean, he, he's done it now in multiple places, obviously. Um, yeah, I think that that's very clear. I mean, then you could argue he could maybe, you could even put him maybe above Tibbs. I don't know. But he, th- those are the one two. Definitely. Definitely I would, Tibbs. And, I, and I would Trotz. say, again, it's, it's hard to knock Tibbs because he's exceeded expectations so wildly. Like if the Knicks won 30 games total this year, all of us would have been like, yeah, that makes, that makes some sense. We, we probably – the three of us would be sitting here and we'd be like, oh, well, there's signs of progress with R.J. Barrett a little bit. But I think with Trotz, you all, it, he's not quite Greg Popovich because Pop did it for so long and won so many titles. But we're kind of bored with the excellence a little bit when it comes to Barry Trotz. Like, we get it. He doesn't play a sexy style of hockey, but every player on that team is playing to the 100% capability of what they can do. And that's because of Barry Trotz. For, I, I honestly think for me, he's my number one, but it's for me, it gets really interesting with, with three because I, I like Salah. I don't think it could be him. Um, it's not going to be Aaron Boone. I'm not a Boone guy. It's hard to grade Steve Nash because like you guys said, he's, he's got James Harden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. What exactly does he have to do? Um, it's tough. I, I know it's not Joe judge. It, it, it might be Rojas just by default, but I'm going to call the fucking homework yeah. for it. No, maybe. I mean, I, I guess you guys. So where do you guys fall in the Quinn? Uh, we're we're Quinn know. defenders, but we think he's like six point five out of out of ten kind of guy. I got you. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. but because there's so much animosity towards him in general, where they're like, "This guy is terrible. He doesn't know what he's doing." I think he's developed as a head coach a lot over the past two years. He's probably fine. Does the team probably need an expert, an excellent coach to go to the Stanley Cup level? Maybe they might just be talented enough in general to get there. He certainly had, as you said earlier, the overperformance. The Rangers are overperforming right now. They absolutely are. Is that because of, yeah, because of mean, David Quinn? I don't know. Could be. That, yeah, I mean, you know, with Trotz, remember, like, he wasn't, it, it, you know, the, you forget about it, especially depending on what age you are. I mean, Trotz has been in the league a long time, but, like, he, he wasn't winning instantly with Nashville. It, it took him some time, and, and Quinn obviously hasn't been in the league long at all. Um, so I, I guess I'll defend him in, in that regard. So, but yeah, the third is tough. I don't know. I guess what we're saying is there really is no, there's a clear top two. And then it's basically, who do you, uh, I don't want to say dislike the least, but who do you feel the most confident could turn into something good is probably who's the third. Well, this leads us right into our next conversation here. Cause the conversation I've had a lot over the past couple of weeks is when the next decade, who's the most likely to win a title? in New York sports. And then you, the clear number one is the nets. And then two gets a little bit, you know, murky at that point. I think there's a, the next tier, the nets could win this year and next year and the year after, maybe if everything, if everything goes right for them and LeBron James doesn't stop the, uh, stop the Brooklyn nets and by himself and with Anthony Davis, of course, I'm sorry, sorry, Anthony. Uh, but 
on top of that, then then we get to the Islanders, the Mets, the Rangers could be a, uh, could open the window next year. Obviously, the Yankees. Who, in your mind, are the title contenders for the next decade? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Yankees and, and Mets because they're playing on an uneven playing field with with the. Uh, I mean, a, a new CBA is coming out, but I don't think it's going to change this. I mean, with with Cohen, the the Mets are going to be right there. They're they're going to spend, and they have the pitching. I mean, you got. I mean, think about it. It, it seems so crazy because the Mets <laughs> have been the Mets, but it's like everyone knows. Like if they get into the playoffs any which way with their pitching, there's no reason why they can't win, right? Hockey to me is always. I mean, I, I grew up a Leafs fan, so I, I know this as well as anyone. Yes. I mean, you you know anything can happen. You can just have some random team like St. Louis make a run, and you can have a, a stacked team win the Presidents. Uh, trophy and, and and do nothing and lose in the first round. It's just like, it's so hard and it's uh, there's a lot more I guess randomness involved that it's hard for me to say like even if you know even with Toronto for instance who's stacked right now with talent, I can't guarantee that they're they're going to win in the next ten years. Where I feel like in baseball those top teams, just like with basketball like you said with the Nets. I mean, they're, they're going to get a lot of chances. They're going to always be one of the teams going to the playoffs if, if their owners spend. So I'm going to say Mets and Yankees are, are the teams after the Nets just because of the way they're built right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and disagree. Lord knows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I, I, the Islanders, man, if they're not in the top three, are they ever going to be? Because that that roster is just, it's got no holes in it. And yet, I do think the best, the best, like, team-controlled roster over the next X amount of years, so we're talking, in like, players that could leave as free agents and all that stuff, it's hard to think of a team that's more built for a long run of sustained success than the Rangers. Yeah, it's and really I'm not hard. just saying this. Yeah, I know we're I'm not just saying here. that because this is a Ranger podcast, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows that I would sell the Rangers 17 times over for just one good <laughs> Met year. Like, fuck, right. fuck the Rangers if it means the Mets can win a World Gonna Series. Going to bleep that one out too? That. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 it's, it's hard for me to sit here and say that a team in New York is going to be built for the long run better than the New York Rangers right now. It's really rough. I mean, the, I mean, obviously they're one of the youngest rosters in the league, right? I mean, and, and even you know, like Adam Fox. I mean, there's some of these guys that I didn't even fully expect to mature in the timing that that they did. And again, I'm not watching them as as close as you guys are, so so maybe he was someone you guys thought that way. But he he's really impressed me this year. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with that. I just think, like I said, because because of the way hockey is, it's just. It, there, there's more randomness at play. So I guess this is where I'm putting on my fangrass hat where I'm just like, there is more randomness. I look at it as what is the sport where you, if you have the most talent, you are most likely to win. And that's why I think I put, you know, put a couple other teams ahead of them. But in terms of just, you know, relative to their sport, I agree. You know, the, the Rangers are obviously in a really good spot. Will Knicks fans spend the next seven years pining for Zion Williamson? I don't think uh, Knicks fans are pining for him as as people who, who aren't big Knicks fans would think. Okay. Um, it is the, it, it's really the the classic case with the Knicks where because they're the Knicks, because you know the the, the classic Knicks for clicks. But it, it's if a big name's out there, it's going to get attached to them. 
And then there's going to be a section of the fan base that will react to that. And then it becomes as if that's how all Knicks fans think. Mm. But I think in reality, it, it's quite the opposite amongst the diehard fans. That's something I, I learned a lot with Knicks Film School. It's like most fans do not want them to just, you know, go after whatever the big shiny, you know, name is. They're, they're very content with actually building through the draft and, get, and getting the right pieces. Um, so... I don't know. I mean, could it? Could Zion find a way? I mean, to me, it's no different than than any other player. I think the idea is that if they're building it right, they will finally be a team that that next group of young free agents um, will actually now consider. And, and that's the key. You know, you always have these waves. You know, because there's always a little bit of a gap b- between big draft years. But you have these waves of, of talented players that will come. And, and obviously, the Knicks have now missed on several waves. But I think the hope is that next one will actually consider the Knicks. And if Zion is part of that, you know, that that's fine. But I don't, you know, I don't personally put him ahead of, you know, anyone else. I'm still convinced to this day. And I know that we, there's no sources on this or whatever, but I'm still convinced if Durant doesn't get hurt that him and Kyrie are on the Knicks. I really am. I don't know what it is. I know it's in the past. I know Knicks fans are yeah. sick of hearing it. I'm sure you're sick of hearing it. But it is, it is a situation where it's like where Kyrie, if, uh, if Kate doesn't get hurt in the finals there, I really am truly convinced they're both Knicks. And unfortunately, the, the, uh, the accident happens and then he gets hurt. But he looks great now, so great for Nets fans. I'm really happy for them, but I just – I don't know. I just think if – I, I, I got flamed on Twitter one day because I know that no one really, at least in New York, it doesn't seem like the Nets are as big as a story as they were should be. But if the Nets and the Knicks swapped rosters, it would be banana land. It would be unbelievable. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't breathe without hearing about Katie and Kyrie, and that's uh, certainly not the case right now. Yeah, no, and you, and you might be right too about about the whole injury thing. But you know, isn't this another funny thing about New York sports fans where? It's New York, so it's all about the big stars on Broadway, blah, blah, blah. But it's like most of the fans I know of, of their respective teams, they actually really prefer if it, you know, why would those Joe Torre, we were talking about Joe Torre, why were those teams so respected and loved? It was because they were all guys that came up, you know, Jeter, Pettit, Mariano, et cetera. Um, the Nets, it's a weird team because obviously they don't have a big fan base to begin with, but also... They're not like these guys that came up like true Nets players that they developed. So I and I think, believe it or not, there are a lot of Knicks fans that feel like, yeah, we'll take a championship any way we can get it, obviously. But if you told me that they won with, you know, RJ Barrett or some of these current guys, a part of it with with another superstar coming in, I think they would Again, you can't be picky, but I'm just saying I think they would actually prefer that more than if the whole roster was turned over and it was just all people that came in and were just there for like that one year. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that maybe this is a Nick fan saying that, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to, to make the Nets, uh, you know, downplay w- what the Nets are doing. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. If, if Roger Clemens came out of retirement at age 57 or however the hell old he is and didn't give up a run for the Mets in 15 games and won a World Series, I'd retire his fucking number tomorrow. And I can't stand <laughs> it. Like, I, 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 I understand the point you're trying to make, but it, whatever puts a ring on my finger, I am all fucking right. Well, especially it depends on the team, right? Like if, you, if you're a team that's won before, you know, then maybe it's different. So maybe with the Knicks and now the Mets, it's been a while. Um, 
you know, maybe again, like I said, it's the same thing with Toronto. They haven't won in forever. I'll take it anyway. But that said, it is really cool that now they're doing a run with all these guys that they drafted, especially as a fan. And again, this is me, I guess, just with my diehard fan logic. It's like all those um, I was going to swear, and I heard you say you beep it out. So all those no, 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 you can swear. Teams. No, I'm not. Okay, okay. No, if I beeped out every fuck we said on the show, I'd be here all night. I'm only going to be about the oh, okay, the Rangers. You, We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so all those shitty Leaf teams, yeah. like you know, I was sitting there watching, wasting my life away when I look back now. But they were in seasons where then they they were rewarded with a high draft pick, right? So they got Austin Matthews, they got Mitch Marner, they got Nylander. So. Now it's like this twisted logic in your head where you're like, well, see, like it justified like those nights you watch them suck. It now matters because then they drafted these guys, they developed them and then they won. And again, it, it's funny because I remember one, one time it was the night before opening day a couple of years ago. And I said to my wife, I'm like, uh, for the Mets. And I said to my wife, all right, I got to get to bed early tonight. It's opening day tomorrow. I want to be ready to go. And she looks at me funny and she's like, you realize you're just going to sit and watch them play. Like you do not go out there and play. You don't need to be rested, but it's just like, it's like as a fan, like somehow we think we're a little part of it. And I think how the roster is constructed in a weird way, at least for me, draws me a little closer to the team. And I guess that's why I'm saying it matters. So when the Leafs don't win again this year, because they're frauds, are you trading Austin Matthews? No, he's 23 years old. He's incredible. Ryan Wrench, why? <laughs> no, no what, I'm, what I'm worried about with Austin Matthews is he, he's going to be gone. I mean, it, it's crazy with the Leafs, right? They are the whatever you want to use as a comparison, the Yankees of hockey in terms of value and attention and all this stuff. I mean, obviously, Montreal will leave them aside. But yet... You know, it, it's you know, it's a whole different situation because they're a Canadian team. So a lot of these star players, they're gonna want to come to the states. So I'm just worried that no matter what happens, he's gonna leave. Not about the the least trading him. I'm just worried he's gonna want to come. You know, he's an American-born player. Um, so that that that's my nightmare at night is that you know the least finally get this guy and then he's he's just waiting to leave. Would be a shame to play in New York. He's got to be really yeah. tough for him. <laughs> I mean, I guess the one thing going for the Leafs is it's not like Austin Matthews is like itching to go back to his hometown Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, no, that's have, true. But it, the Leafs to me are always funny because they are they are the Yankees in name, but the Mets in actuality, and yeah. it is just a chef's kiss to see. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's it's absolutely true. I mean. For me, the Knicks and the Leafs, the parallels these teams have, you'd only notice it if you were stupid enough like me to root for both of them. But they, like, literally when, the, you know, the Knicks were good in the mid-90s and they and they went, obviously, all the way to the finals with against the Rockets, that was the same time the Leafs were, if it wasn't for Gretzky being Gretzky, they would have gone to the finals as well. They, they lost to the Kings back in the weird situation the Leafs were in the West. And it's like... Then they were terrible all these years, the same years the, the Knicks are terrible. And now this year, they're both good. Like, it's really strange how, how it's gone in parallel. So, yes, they're like, they're like the Yankees in name, but the, the Knicks are Mets in winning. I, if it wasn't for the greatest player in hockey of all time that never played for the Maple Leafs, the Maple Leafs would have been better. Uh, pen pen yes. camera to Utah Jazz fans. Like, who? What? <laughs> what do you mean yeah, we'd exactly. have multiple titles? Makes no sense. It's not that I'm still bitter about that, or even though I was, you know, what, 11 years old. <laughs> Do you, are you, um, 
we honestly on this show we don't really take a lot of pot shots at the North Division, though we could because that division is bad. Are you concerned at all that the Leafs play in a bad division and therefore might not be ready for whichever team they end up facing later on in the playoffs? Yeah, well, the way the playoffs is set up too, though, I mean, it, it sort of makes it work where, yeah, by the time you have to worry about that, remember, the Leafs still have not won a first-round playoff series since 2004. Jesus. So that is insane when you think about it because recently they've obviously been a lot better, and I think that's made people kind of forget that fact. But it's like they still have not advanced past the first round. So to me, it's like any possible way – you can get a situation where you're going to actually get past the first round, then I will worry about that later. But yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to evaluate it because I know with the Rangers, you know, obviously you're going to look at it as if, if it was set up differently, the Rangers would be in a better position. If they were in the least division, they'd be in, right? Yep. Um, but it, it's just, I, I can't tell now that they're playing, every division's playing each other so much. I can't tell anymore, like how much that, also neutralizes things a little bit where yeah if the Leafs on a random random night play someone outside of their division that's good it might be a tough matchup but if they played them like a ton of times or four straight like the Rangers just did with a certain team yep then you just know the team different you see what I'm saying so I don't know how much that uh factors in but I guess my my long answer is I'm not worried about it I'm I'm taking any way the Leafs can finally win a first-round series, and I'll be happy. Well, at least you don't have to play the Bruins, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's the key. We just had to get away from them. Yeah, yeah. we know. We're chasing them right now. It blows. Um, JB, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Why don't you plug everything you do? Yeah, sure. So uh, Mets Fix is, is really where my focus is right now. So it's a newsletter. It comes out every weekday morning at 8, and you got – all your Mets news summarized, but also if you get into analytics, we do a lot of that. We even do some video breakdowns like I did with the Knicks, but a little different because it's baseball. Um, but yeah, you can check us out, MetsFix.com. Obviously, Nick's Film School. You can find us at Nick Film School. Uh, we don't have a, as fancy of a URL right now, so just go to the Twitter account and you can subscribe there. And then Fangraphs, I'm going to be authoring the Fangraphs newsletter, which nice. hasn't uh, relaunched yet, but it will in the next couple weeks. Um, so just be on the lookout, uh, from fan for that to come out. Did Greg tell you this is a Mets podcast or no? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, I, I said to him early in the day, I'm like, I haven't really watched the Rangers that close this year. And he's like, don't worry. You won't have to break down the power play. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is like, Wick, I'm not a Mets fan. I'm actually a Rays fan. Surprise. But Greg is such a diehard Mets fan. Like, through his blood, it's unbelievable that this podcast, no matter what we do about the Rangers, ends up becoming about the Mets. So that's why I was curious if you knew that when you came on or not. I know. I didn't know how that you guys got in. I knew that, obviously, Greg was a Mets fan, but I didn't know that you guys got into it a lot. But uh, it's uh, The popular yeah, name for this is the most popular passion. New York Rangers uh, podcast that also – moonlights or actually stars as a Mets podcast. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say there once upon a time, I made Ryan do an emergency podcast about the Mets trading Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce. Yeah. Retire. That is, oh, that right. is a thing and that this podcast, we did a retire. I got out of bed and we did an emergency podcast about trading Jay Bruce. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, well, well then wait, I'm gonna, before you, you yeah. go, then I got to get, I got to hear what, what your thoughts are in the Mets so far this year. We didn't really get into it. We, 
what do you do you like what <laughs> do you're i have 20 so more far? minutes what's up <laughs> <laughs> um i i love I, I'll, I'll say this it is remarkable that the mets with all of the postponements all of the covid all the shit that has happened they sit on this monday night seven and four and the offense hasn't even shown up yet it, it it's the pitching has been the pitching has been so good and they don't have carlos carrasco and noah syndergaard so right. it's yep. it, it boggles the mind i I think the most surprising thing to me, and if you, I mean, this is getting deep in the weeds. I trust Miguel Castro. I never thought I would have said that ever. I fucking hated <laughs> Miguel Castro, but right. he's been, I don't know. Jeremy Hefter taught him a change up and all of a sudden he's unhittable. No, I mean, after the fact I, I was, I, I tweeted out this morning. It's like the Mets went into Colorado. They scored eight runs over three games and they won the series. And, it, and yeah, to I think me, the, that's the most, up- most most shocking part is four of those runs came for Degrom. Like, yeah, no, right, right. They, exactly. they scored four like, runs for Jacob Degrom. Health for froze crazy. over. The guy, the guy, yeah, he's, he's nine straight strikeouts, fourteen strikeouts, and and you're thinking he's going to lose again. But no, I, I think he summed it up right. And um, you know, I still think there's some question marks with with, with the bullpen. I think all, all Mets fans with Diaz, no matter. And it's funny because I'm a stats guy, so I'll sit there and I'll break down all the things that are insane about his numbers. But believe it or not, there's also a lot of scary things when you get into some of the new pitch design metrics um, that actually match the the fans' fears. So I I bring that up because I think he's the best example of a player that, like, the typical WFAN caller hates, the typical – and then the typical, like, stats person would like because his underlying numbers usually look good. But if you actually look really close, that there is reason to, to maybe be concerned. But all that said, uh, yeah, I think the fact that they're seven and four and Strowman's pitching the way he is, we knew DeGrom was going to be good, but maybe not even this good. Um, you got to be excited about it so far. Who, who finishes with more wins, the Mets or the Yankees? Oh, come on. That's not fair. Yeah, I, I, as a Mets, you know, it's funny. As a, with the Mets, you, you, it's hard to ever say it's going to be the Mets. Um, I just think with this Yankee thing, it's like, I, I don't understand. Like, and again, we talk about New York sports fans. It's like, I'll do it I for you. The, the, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm a Rays fan. The Rays own them. Own them. They have no chance against them every single time. It's like kryptonite. They destroy them every single time they play, no matter what happens. And if you got, if you're gonna win, want to win the AL East, you got to beat the Rays. They're worth $40 yeah, million. No, what are it. you doing? <laughs> no, that's it. So I'm going to say that the, the Mets are going to win more, but the Yankees are still going to be good. I don't think they're going to, th- this start is reflective at all of like, oh, they're going to, I mean, look at the Red Sox. The Red Sox lost three games. They got swept. It was the first time since 1948. They got swept in Fenway, the whole nine yards. It's like, who cares? It's three games. And it was at the beginning of the year. So everyone got all up in arms about it. And now suddenly it's, oh, look at the Red Sox. Like they're, they're going to, you know, they're back and they're going to be great. It's like, no, like everyone, you look at the projections at the beginning before the season started, the Red Sox were going to be like an 85 win team. That's probably what they'll be plus minus five wins. And I think the same thing with the Yankees, even a little better. So I don't know, but I, always... I think that, I think the Mets with this pitching, it's hard to say that they don't win a, a ton of games and with Cohen, they will go out and add pieces. And I think that's the biggest difference is if the bullpen does falter and May doesn't turn out to be very good, they're going to add some pieces. I always go back to my college years, like 2010, 11, where the Baltimore Orioles started, like I think it was 
10 and two, something ridiculous. They were the hottest team in baseball. They ended up like 50 wins. Like it doesn't really matter. It's going to be a long race. It's, there's a lot of games to play here. And the Yankees, well, I, I the Yankees will, will come I will say this. I will say this about the Yankees. I didn't realize how shallow that pitching staff was until they got off to this bad start. No, that's true. That that is that is a problem for them. I mean, they're relying on a lot of guys to you know get healthy and be good when they haven't in a while. Big time. Um, which the Mets, you know, in fairness, the Mets were too, right? But so far, it looks you know Stroman wasn't hurt. But I mean, anytime you sit out an entire year, you have to at least wonder, you know, what, what, what will happen. I mean, I know with him, you count on him to be working, you know, off the field. But um, yeah, I, I agree with the Yankees. That That is a concern. All right. Uh, now we're actually going to let you go. JB, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. No, thanks a lot, guys. Talk soon, man. Bye-bye. All right. Great. Hey, we're back. Great interview. A little bit of New York sports there. You know what's crazy? I like JB. Yeah, I like JB. JB. I think... I think that that's one thing I, I, I don't like to pat ourselves on the back all the time, but I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. I think one thing we do really well is we bring on guests who have opinions about New York sports media more so than the New York smarter Ranger. than us. Yeah, that's true. We are a yeah. media show sometimes, sometimes rather than a Ranger show. So we do the horse racing, Mets, gambling. Fuck. What am I missing? I went four gambling with Greg went four and one this weekend, right? Not and bad. You know the one I lost, on the, the one I lost, the one I lost was the under on Jacob DeGrom. Really? On the first five innings? Yeah. Well, no, he hit the first. I, first of all, I, I don't give that bet out anymore because everyone should do it. Okay. He hit the under in the first five innings, but uh, the, they scored seven runs in the sixth. Oh, okay. So for, it's only first five innings. That's the bet that wins. Just so everyone knows. It, 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 three for three this year, Ryan. It, it's the easiest bet that's it's ever like, existed. It's like, perfect last year, whatever. Um, before we get to my final topic, I want to thank some of our Patreon subscribers. If you want to support the podcast, you patreon.com slash breakaway. We have a lot of cool stuff coming. Got Q&As. Got the BSBOT will be moving there exclusively. If you need the RSS feed, we're going to send out directions for that too. But thank you to our supporters, Amber, Cohenberger, uh, Cohensburg, Cohensburger. I, I, don't, I don't know. One of these. I'm so sorry, Amber. Message me exactly how to say your name. Ben Waters, Ryan Doyle, Be- uh, uh, Broadway Blue, Sh- uh, Blue Bleeder, CJ Stellwagen, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, the long-timer, George Obrinsky, the part of the staff, Jimmy Mack, Kako Kako Praise B, Chris from Florida, Kyle Franklin, Ste- Stephen Lohmeyer. This one's literally from also Norway. It's got a yeah, bunch it's of— It's Oslo, first of all, but keep going. Hawk. It's got a lot of, like, characters that I don't know what they are, but it's Stig Baka Igbak. <laughs> He's gonna... I, I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what it is, too. That name's been passed down from generation to generation just for you so I got to say Tom, those letters. Thomas O'Neill, the legendary— Toy from Manhattan, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. Thank you so much for being Patreon supporters. We appreciate you so much. We've done this show for almost an hour and 20 minutes now at this point, and we have yet to mention that Artemi Panarin had like multiple games where he had multiple points, and it wasn't even I'm a bored. story. I'm bored. Bored by it. It's boring. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, it's it's un- a, a hockey stat miner likes to point out that he's had more games with three plus points as a New York Ranger than he had zero points. And last I saw, I. I'm sure it's changed, but I think the last time I saw it, he's had 17 three-plus point performances while only having 12 zero-point performances as a New York Ranger. My favorite stat just... is you can randomly pick a uh, any period that Pernarin has played as a Ranger, and there's a 6% chance it's a multi-point period. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, that, that reminds me of um... – we, we don't talk about Patrick Marlowe on this podcast because why would we? He's never been a New York Ranger. But the stat out there, Marlowe is going to play yep. the most professional games as, an, as anybody that's ever played in the NHL. He's officially played with 37% of the NHL. Like 
37% of the National Hockey League has called Patrick Marlowe a teammate. That's I'm so not just stupid. talking active. I'm talking about everybody that's ever played in the National Isn't Hockey that, League. No, that's not teammate. That's people he's played against. Is that correct? I think so. It's still. All right. You've either played with or against Patrick Marlowe. I was like, wow, the Sharks have had a lot of players. That's great. I, I mean, there was that week he was with the Hurricanes, too, uh, even though I think that was in the offseason. But there you who go. Knows. Um, I will say, since we're talking about our Patreon and how awesome our subscribers are, there is Discord's a- been bumping, and I am doing a Q&A post-game show tomorrow night, or today when you're listening, versus the Islanders. The Discord has been pumping. The, the channel that's been most popular today, and we'll, we'll get into this, not today, yes. has been our soccer football channel because everyone's talking about the Europe Super League. And we have thoughts, but we're not going to share them today. We'll save that one for an OT. Uh, but we also have a, a, a section called Questions for Ryan and Greg. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to do, be pretty good about reading the questions. Sometimes someone will ask a question, and the entire channel will then start answering it, and it gets lost in translation. But um, – K-Bomb30 has asked us a couple times, and I'm going to answer it this time. Okay. Uh, he's asking for a, is there a comparison between Francisco Lindor and Artemi Panarin? And I got to tell you, there isn't. Uh, number one, I think it's a, it's a big difference when someone leaves as a free agent and joins a team, whereas someone trades. I understand Lindor has signed the extension, all that good shit, but having someone physically want to come to your team as a free agent, it feels different. And two, as much as I love Francisco Lindor, we just spouted off some random Artemi Panarin facts. I wish Lindor was that good. He, I, Panarin is next level right now. He just has Panarin, been for two years. He's uh, Panarin rolls out of bed. He's top three in MVP. I think Francisco Lindor has the capabilities of being a top three MVP kind of player. But like to to steal to steal a line from Talladega Nights, uh, uh, Artemi Panarin just pisses excellence. It, 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 like, it's unbelievable, just, dude. He like wait yeah. like he and his game is going to age so gracefully. He does not play a physical style of game. He's just better at hockey than you. Well, that's what it. was what was the what's the John Tortorella line? Um, he's the hardest working lazy player that's ever existed. The best tired player I've ever coached. That's it. That's the one. I was God, told. I was told a, the a, by somebody. Yeah, what a psycho he is. I was told by somebody that covers uh, CBJ and uh, one other source that said uh, Panarin's lucky he was a Rangers tor- Ranger. Torts would never let him get to this level of excellency. <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. how, how often has we talked about Patrick Laine so far this year? We haven't. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It. That's the end of the podcast. Um, we're going to switch up the five-star questions and stuff like that. We'll figure it out. We're, I'm going to make a channel in the Discord where it's exclusively only poster questions for the podcast so it doesn't get lost in translation. We read them every week. Something like that. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Before we go, yeah, uh, Ranger news because it's a Monday night. Really? <laughs> yeah, it just cracks me up. Uh, the Rangers have signed forward Johnny Brodzinski to a one-year contract extension. Cool. Thank you, Johnny B. Uh, congratulations. You are being exposed to Seattle. We didn't um, talk about uh, Mr. Cool. Is it Cooley? William Cooley? I think it's signed? Cooley. Be- yeah, I think I, it's Cooley. I don't, I don't, really, I don't sure. really think there's anything. I, don't know, little, I, I know some people poo-pooed it. My, I'll just say my senses, my spice senses. They're thinking about some things. That's all. Okay. Just, I don't – All right. I, what? No. I, I think right. it's – just thinking. The, from what Hockey Statmeyer pointed out that the Rangers were barely at 40, 40 contracts. contracts. Yes, I know. I know. 50. I know. So, I know. I know. Listen, just, if he plays 50 games for the New York Rangers next year, I'll eat crow. Just thinking. Just thinking about it. I'm, uh, I, I hear you. I hear you. You're wrong, but I hear you. I hope Zach Jones plays on t- t- tonight. G- goodbye, everyone. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> All right. I mean, follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back with OT. The final public OT. I'm sure we'll put out OTs once in a while again, randomly. But the final public OT. This Wednesday, or this Thursday night, sorry. 
after the game. Love you guys. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.